welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. I just want to welcome Philip. Just quickly come and greet us before we share the Word this morning. Hallelujah. Give us that wheel. Thank you so much, Pastor Karen. It's lovely to be back again with you. Uh, when I walked in the doors, and uh, well, actually, the last time we were here was 2019, and we were out in the little room outside. So when I walked in the doors, you know, I was just looking around and seeing the, what the Lord has done here. It's wonderful, and we give Him glory. And when I sat down there, I, my eye glanced uh, to Pastor John or the picture. You couldn't have picked a better picture, you know. I, and I said, just. Uh, Look at the picture, just think, you know, he was a tremendous man of faith. And so he stepped out of Hebrews chapter 11, where there was, it was a real general of faith to Hebrews chapter 12, the great cloud of witnesses. And just the way he's just standing there, he's cheering us all on. That's, you know, and I just, we just, we just thank God for his life and, and such a wonderful example uh, to each. Uh, each one of us, we were always cheered on by him, and wonderful that his family are just continuing to run the race. So we just thank God for that, his his wonderful example to each and every one of us. So as you know, uh, we've been 18 years in the Philippines, and uh, at the end of 2019, the Lord gave me a dream, and uh, the dream was a door, and uh, the door wouldn't open. And then all of a sudden, I had this key in my hand in the dream, and it said Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, and, uh, so then I was on a Zoom. This was then a few months later, I was on a Zoom call with a, a prayer meeting, amends as we were at church on Zoom, you know, uh, last year. And so there was this man, and he didn't really know me. It was a men's prayer fellowship. And this man looked at me, and his name was Clive from England. I was in the Philippines at the time. And he says, the Lord has given you a key. You need to step forward and open that door. <laughs> so that got my attention. <laughs> and so uh, uh, we've stepped forward and opened the door. And uh, here we are in Northern Ireland. And we're just really thankful that the Lord has brought us here. It's quite miraculous. You know, like we traveled <laughs> from the Philippines to Northern Ireland, and uh, God has really provided everything with all the quarantine hotels and all the requirements and everything. He has brought us here safely. So uh, we're just uh, trusting the Lord for the next step. You know, it's, uh, we are led by the Spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, and uh, we're just uh, waiting for that next uh, step, and we'll know what to do. We're getting based in Kalibaki. Our girls are accepting Kalibaki College. And that's another tremendous blessing. And we're getting moving into a home there in September and looking forward to what God has for us. And, but, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever, I'll just encourage you with this, any of you have ever read the book Tide of Blessing by Victor Maxwell. Um, but that was, but he talked about the revivals. So there was actually a revival in this town in Bangor years ago where they had to put on extra trains to get the people in. And Duncan Campbell, I'm sure you've heard that name, was a part of that at that time. And I thought, wow, it's wonderful to be in a town where revival has been. And uh, we know that we will see that again. And, and you know, I just want to en encourage you with this here, that you, sir, the glory of the Lord is increased. 
There's a, a, a wonderful freedom here. Wonderful, the glory of the Lord. You've really stepped into what Pastor John and you have prayed. The family have stepped into that and it will increase. The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your family. So bless you this morning. Thank you so much for your support over the 18 years in the Philippines. And uh, we know the seeds have been sown. There will be a mighty harvest of souls out there. So bless you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Praise God. We'll have to have Philip in and preach for us, amen, sometime soon. Praise God. Um, I think you probably spoke for us for when we were online around June time last year. And it was fun because you had the chickens and all the noises of the Philippines, the dogs and all in the, in the background. Anybody remember that? Oh, it just made me feel so at home, like I was there back in the Philippines, a country that's dear to my heart. But this morning, Tony is with us uh, from Kingdom Harvest Church, and Tony leads the women there. And um, how would I describe Tony? I would describe Tony as somebody, if uh, there was a charge to be made in the army, Tony would be on a horse leading the way, the charge. That's Tony. Tony walks in that and carries that uh, spirit of victory for all those who know her because she was part of this house and came uh, with Brian and I and a number of others to plant Kingdom Harvest Church. But she carries a spirit of faith and victory. And you're going to be blessed this morning. So let's welcome Tony this morning. Amen. Yes, I did. I, I sat under Pastor Jean and Pastor Hilary. Um, quickly way back when I was looking for a church at the time that was strong in the word and strong in faith. And I visited a lot of churches at the time to get that. And on the day I walked in here, I knew and I heard Pastor John preaching and that was me. And then little did I know I was going to end up back in my hometown where I did live in Belfast when Kingdom Harvest was planted. And it's lovely to come back and forth. Also, Kali Becky, I remember it well. 21 years ago, I had a mighty touch from the Lord in Kali Becky Baptist Church, one of those milestones in your life that you never forget. As a time just when you're hungry, I was, I was really sick in the Lord, and I was with a group at the time called Stars, and they were doing a meeting down, and I think it's, is it Kali Becky Baptist still there? Not sure. Well, about the fifth seat in the front, that's where it happened, that's where the anointing is. <laughs> But I really, I was sitting that night and it was the song, Joe, there's a redeemer. And I just remembered, they didn't, no one was praising at the time. And I just I had to put my hand up and I put my hand up to praise the Lord. And honestly, the power of God just came upon me on Satan, the wee Baptist church down in Collybacke. So the Lord is good. And when you're hungry and you thirst after him, he will get that anointing to you. He will get that strength to you. He will get that power to you as you reach out in faith and in hunger for him in Jesus' name. Okay, so let's pray. Father God, we just love you this morning. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love your word. We love your presence. We love everything about you this morning. And we so rely on you. We so lean into you this morning. Our trust is in you this morning. And God, we just declare this morning 
that you provide us with everything we need. And Lord, as it said this morning, Lord God, you are going to see us push through whatever circumstance there is. And we thank you that we can take your word and declare it and see deliverance in every area of our life. So I pray for everyone here today. I pray for myself, Lord God, as your word goes forth today, Father God, that we would know the miraculous power of your living Rima word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm not good at giving my talks um, titles. Pastor Brown always does that for me. I go, oh, whatever. You just... But if I was going to say anything about this word this morning, it would probably be settle the word in your heart. Settle, fix it, fix the word of God in your heart. Do you know, faith is basically just trust in God and in God's word. And unbelief is basically untrust. You don't trust the God's word, you know, and that's basically what it is this morning. Psalm 119 and 89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Another translation says, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, the grass willers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. You know, we're living in a very ever-changing world, aren't we? Things are changing all the time. We see it around us. It's, you know, it's 20 years ago, we'd never have thought so much. And it's speeding fast. And we praise that because the Lord's coming home. And we live the word out in our lives. And we have a testimony in every time. And God is faithful no matter what's going on. So we really need in these changing times to have a strong foothold. And what is that? It's not our job. It's nothing like that, our family. It's the word of God. Um, In these days, you know, we know that um, good is called evil and evil is called good. We need to discern discern rightly with the word of God. And God's word never changed. I am the Lord. I change not. And even in that, you know, even in that scripture, I I love it. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. We are not consumed today. Ali, you're not consumed. Do you know what I mean? Joy, you're not consumed. Tony, you're not consumed today. The word of God never changes, and we pull on that. No matter what the report comes or whatever is happening in our lives, it does not change God's word, and we really have to fix that. I love Psalm 112. I'll give you a wee bit off it. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, steadfast. What in? The word, trusting in the Lord. You know, when you stand on this word and you begin to make this word first and foremost in your life, and you know, nothing's going to come in and change your mind about it, there will be opposition from the enemy, yes. But you know, he operates through flesh and blood at times and opposition will come. And we have to stand firm and really de- declare, no, we stand firm for the gospel. We stand for righteousness in this time. You stand for the whole counsel of the word, not just for a bit. Do you know where a world is trying to mix things in, where a church at sometimes is trying to fight things in, it's not godly. We have to stand firmly in the counsel of God and the word of faith. And some people hate that, but the word of faith, it's just basically full faith, full assurance, and full persuasion of God's word to operate in your life and to bring you through this morning, whatever is happening. So I'm praying this word is stirred up in you this morning. Do you know, um, 
David, I was talking to David when I came in this morning. He says, are you preaching? I says, yeah, I am, David. Well, I'll make you mad or glad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But let me say, I can only say I've made more people glad than mad. But even Paul in Galatians 4 and 16 says, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Do you know, and some people just cannot receive truth at times. But it doesn't say that we stop doing it. We bring the truth at all times. So, and it's the good news. People will get mad at times, but mostly glad because we're bringing salvation. We're bringing healing. We're bringing no lack. We're bringing wisdom, joy, protection, peace. And we're bringing that to people in our lives all around us and our family. So don't ever be discouraged. Don't backtrack. Keep firm in the word because the word works. Unbelief is the enemy of our faith. It really is. It really is. So let's go to Mark 6 and 1. Just get a wee drink. Mark 6 and 1. Then he went out from there and went to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? And such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. How he, now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He had gone there to do mighty work. He was willing he was set. He was going in there. He was going to cast out demons. He was going to heal the sick. And he couldn't, but except for a few people. And he marveled. He was astonished at their unbelief when he came in. And, you know, he was so willing. And we see all our workplaces in the Bible. We see the woman with the issue of blood or the woman from Canaan with her daughter who was demon-possessed. He didn't go out looking for them. He wasn't going to them to bring healing. They sought him out. And it was by their faith that they pulled from him. Um, the woman with the issue of blood, if I can only take, touch the hem of his garment, she was made well. She, it was her faith that received her healing. Or the woman with that daughter who was demon-possessed. You know, even the little dogs ate the, the crumbs of the master's table. By faith, she pulled that healing for her daughter out. He, he's always willing. Why he's coming straight to you or you're pulling it from him. But in this time, he couldn't. He couldn't do anything but a few. And what does it say that he did? He went, went around the villages in a circuit teaching. He had to go around and teach the word. He had to get the word into them. He had to build their faith. latches on to what God says belongs to you. And when he encountered that severe unbelief, he was astonished. He shook his head, I'm sure. Fairy God of heaven. And, you know, 
he had to go around and he had to bring the word to him. So the word is what brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God's word and unbelief cannot dwell in the same vessel and see any results. James 1 and 7 says, a double-minded man receives nothing. Nothing. That's in your healing, your finances. That's in your anything for your kids, in your home, your business, your job. If you're tossed to and fro and you're not latching on to that word that God has given you, and many in here have been spoken to from God with a strong word, do not let unbelief or the, that voice come into your head. You latch on to it. Jesus always rebuked unbelief. He hates unbelief because it's distrust in his word. Jesus hates unbelief. And unbelief is only dispelled by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's the word that dispels unbelief. Get yourself so full of the word. You don't have to stand and rebuke it. I rebuke my unbelief and I'm going to get to that. You have yourself filled, and I know this is a word, church, and I know, I know a lot of you in here, and I know you love the word, and I've sat on to the word in here, and this is for me, this is encouragement for this time, when many things are coming against the church and coming against what God wants to do in our lives, while it's in our homes, or it's in our business, while it's in our ministries, we have an enemy out there who gets it, and he loves to attack us with unbelief. So we're standing firm in God's word. So Mark 9 and 14. And just after this, remember that Jesus sent out the 12 after that. And we're going to catch up with them again in Mark 9 and 14. Because I hear so much, you know, it is the word, but what about, about, I believe, but help my own belief. Is that not contradicting the word a bit? Do you know, is that not double-mindedness? Well, I've read this and I studied it, and this is, this is my take on it. This is what I see in this. So let's read it. And when he had came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when he saw them, all the people were greatly amazed and rung to him, greeted him, and he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and says, Teacher, I have brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, he gashes at the teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, he immediately, the spirit convulsed and fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my own belief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, 
deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, is he dead? But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And we'll end it there. That's another sermon after. (laughs) You know, no wonder that man said, I believe, help my own belief. When we look at the beginning of this, the scribes were there. And the disciples had been given all power and authority over um, demons. Jesus had sent them out just after. He had went around the villages teaching. We see in the next chapter, he gave them power over um, demons and to heal the sick. And he had sent them out, and they did. They went out casting out demons and healing the sick. So this man knew that. He had heard of the witness of it. He maybe even had seen it. So he had brought his son in faith to those disciples to be healed. But the scribes had showed up. And scribes are public servants and experts in Mosaic law, aren't they? Like Pharisees. And they actually put a burden on the people. Mark or Matthew 23 and 4 says they crush people with unbearable religious demands and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. And the disciples were here to ease the burden. The disciples were here to heal the sick and cast out demons, but they got entangled with the scribes. They got entangled with the religious people. They got debating. Do you know that the scribes um, didn't even believe that the power that Jesus had was from God. They had said it was from the devil. The scribes did not teach or preach in authority as Jesus did. Jesus was the one that spoke in authority. So here comes Jesus on the scene. Imagine it. They're standing arguing. Have you seen that before? (laughs) Doctrine back and forth. And the people are just wanting to be healed. They're just wanting to be delivered. And Jesus comes through the crowd in authority. The authority arrives. That's the way we should walk in. We should be walking into the places and the authority that Christ has given us. And he's given us his name as we stand this morning. We have the name of Jesus. And the people were amazed and ran to him. Do you ever wonder, why was the people amazed when Jesus walked in? Because he walked in authority and they knew, here's the real deal. Here he comes. And he went straight to the scribes and he pointed to them about you and let them know, what are you discussing with them? What unbelief are you bringing to my disciples? What are you trying to do to contradict the power of God? See, they had a form of godliness, but they denied the power. And right away after that, what's he do? He rebukes the unbelief. There's been an atmosphere here of unbelief in that setting where the people... Do you think religion can intimidate Do you think the disciples were intimidated by those scribes? I do. Because they had been given the power to heal, but they couldn't do it on this occasion. So what had happened? I believe they were intimidated by the religious spirits. So when Jesus rebuked the unbelief, because unbelief stops the flow. (laughs) Unbelief stops the flow of faith in any situation in your life. And he turned his attention to the man, because that's what Jesus does. His attention is on us, isn't it? He loves us. 
He always, his attention is on everyone this morning. He wants to get to you what you need this morning. And the man, he asks the man a story, doesn't he? How long has this been going on? The compassion of Jesus. I talked with John from last Sunday, because I think he's a very compassionate man, and he's mercy motivated. And I says, I'm not. And he corrected me and says, well, if you know Christ, you are. <laughs> so he came in that compassion and that mercy, and he asked the man, how long has this been happening to your son? And the man told him. And he says, I brought him to your disciples, and he had brought him in faith, I believe it. And the disciples couldn't do it, because they were intimidated. And then he says, help my own belief. After Jesus says, if you only believe, if you only believe, Phyllis, all things are possible to those who believe. If you only believe, only believe, Stephen, all things are possible to those who believe. The word is alive and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. Oh, my goodness, the word, the word. Oh, wow. Help my own belief, he says. I'm sure at that time when he was saying that, he had focused on Jesus. He had focused on what Jesus said, and he was saying, help my own belief. He was casting off all those arguments he had heard before, before Jesus came on the scene, all the negativity that contradicted the word. That man was casting it on. I believe, I believe you, Jesus, but help my own belief. Give me a minute. I cast off all this doubt that was being spoken on me. Fill your mind and your heart with the word, and it naturally drives out unbelief. The word just flows out and contradicts unbelief. That's all you need to do. Fill yourself up with the word. And then Jesus goes, death and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And that's what I love. Because do what I see in that scripture. That is a word that father is going to stand on. When Jesus and the disciples have left and the, the crowds have all dispersed and it's just that man and his son left and if any evil spirit comes to try or that evil spirit comes to try and return, he has the word. He has the promise from Jesus. Enter him no more. Jesus said you will enter him no more. He didn't leave that man without anything. He left him with the word and the promise. And I think that's amazing. And it's with the heart one believes. It's not here. It's not here. <laughs> Do you know, we try and fill our head up with stuff. It's the heart. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 and 10. We believed in our heart when we accepted Jesus. And it's the same thing with his word. Do you know, the gospel is the power unto salvation. We heard that word of the gospel and we accepted it. It doesn't change there. It's the word that and we, we meditate on, it, we read it. It drops from that head knowledge into our heart. The heart is the man of the man is the spirit. When it's talking about the heart, we're not talking about um, the natural heart. And we know Gary's going for, to get his heart and, that's, and Phyllis's belief for a complete new heart for Gary. And we stand with that in Jesus' name. It's not the, the organ of the heart that pumps your blood around. It's the spirit of the man. Remember, spirit, soul, and body. It's the spirit of the man. And that's where you have to settle the word of God in your spirit because God is spirit. We are spirit. Do you know, God has settled his word in heaven to the very point that he's put his word. He's exalted his word above his name. 
What does that tell you? How important the word is. And we're spirit beings and we can grasp that word and settle it in our spirit. As sure as that father had that word in his heart that if that demon of sickness ever came against his son, he had that word that Jesus had spoke that day. And you know what? We're all very able to study the word. We're all very able to rightly divide the word. It's amazing. doesn't matter your background, your education, or anything. What age you are even. Even children, young ones today. You can take that word and you can discern it. You can rightly divide it and you can speak it out. Because your spirit beings. No matter if you're, you're two or you're 92, we're spirit beings. And if you put your mind to it and be, ter- be determined to study and to listen to teachings and have the word about you, faith will come. Create an atmosphere of faith in your home. Not just come to the atmosphere of faith on a, a Sunday morning. Create that atmosphere of faith in your home. Have your worship, have your victory praise. Go up and down the room. If you sing me in the house, I like this. I'm punching the wall. Not punching the walls. That was the old tone. I'm only joking. I'm punching the air. <laughs> punching the air and just declaring the word of the Lord. Um, you know, it's not hard. It is not hard to study the word. But the enemy will try to keep you from it. He'll not keep you from studying something else that you really enjoy. We find that. People can study some things. People know some knowledge about some things, hobbies, their job, and you just talk to them and know everything about it. Do you know, sports? Now, I'm not getting at any man in here. But my goodness, if the men in Northern Ireland studied the word the way they do football, we would have gents in the faith in this land, wouldn't we? You listen to a man. He goes wholeheartedly after that football. I have a a brother-in-law like that. You know the year when the match was in. You know the referee. You know the goal or the penalty. You know the number on the shirt. You know the name of the player. You know, and the commentaries. You'll, you'll listen to the commentaries all day, and then you'll listen to the next commentary that comes along all day on the sports channel, and that's going in, and that's going in. That's wholeheartedly. But all that knowledge relies on your mind to remember it and bring it forth. But the Word of God is brought to remembrance by the Holy Ghost. It's much more exciting. It's hidden in your heart, and it's brought forward by the power of the Holy Ghost. All this natural knowledge, interests, and pursuits are temporary, but the Word of God is eternal, and it's life, it's soy life, it's resurrection power, and it brings salvation, healing, wealth, and wisdom. And I'm not saying all these other things are bad. I'm not saying your football's bad, Chris. <laughs> I'm not saying that. He's given us all things to enjoy. He likes us to enjoy our lives. He likes us to have nice holidays. He loves us to have our family and our friends. Giving us all things to enjoy, but the Word of God must come first and foremost in your life. To enjoy our positions and to enjoy our jobs and to fulfill those roles, we need to be healthy. We need to be well. We need the Word to raise our children. We need to know the protection of God in our lives. We need to have the wisdom to bring the Word 
don't we? We just don't have the word out in spirit. We need to have that wisdom of God in us to bring that, the knowledge of the word, and, and we need to bring it with wisdom and understanding to people. And that's by the power of the Holy Ghost. As you know, we said this morning, we're led by the Holy Ghost and how we bring things. And it doesn't automatically come. You just can't say, ah, oh, well, I'm trusting God in it all. That gets me. <laughs> Where's your evidence? <laughs> Where is your evidence? Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith, trust in the word, is the substance. That's what you're holding on to for those things hoped for. And it's the evidence. It's the evidence. The word says it. For the things not seen, you speak it out and you be a doer of the word. Do you know, when you're in faith, there's a wee way you can judge it when you're in faith. When you're in faith, there's joy. When you're in faith, there's victory. There's expectation. There's praise. There's singing. There's dancing. Because you know you have it. You're rejoicing. On belief. Usually, there's no joy. Sometimes there's a lot of crying. There's confusion. Sadness. Sometimes you're mad. That's unbelief. That's how you judge it. I'm just waiting and God is all going to come. Are you sad? That's not, that is unbelief. You hang it. I remember, was it Kenneth Hagin said, and I love this analogy. What are you hanging your faith on? It's like taking a pair of curtains. I know Carl loves to buy curtains and all. And he's a great wee bargain hunter. Carl, Carl goes down to B&M and gets a lovely wee pair of curtains that are on offer. And she comes in and Robin, she says to Robin, put them curtains up for me, Robin. And he goes, Carl, you didn't bring a curtain pole. That's where our faith is. You hang your faith on the word of God. There's no sense saying, I have faith. Well, what are you hanging it on? What word are you standing on? How are you hanging your curtains? Just like the natural curtains won't hang without a curtain pole. Faith is hanging on the word. So create an atmosphere of faith. Speak the word. I'm just checking the time here. So we are to be those wise men and women boys and girls who build our house on the rock and when the rain falls and the floods come and the winds blow and beating us we will not fall because we are founded on the rock we are the ones that are going to believe a good report aren't we we're the two spies we're not the ten spies that came back and gave a bad report an evil report of unbelief an evil report Caleb quieting to people. Do you know it says that um, if I can find that volunteer. Oh, he did. I did write it. Caleb quieted the people and declared, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Sometimes we might have to quieten some people around us on what they're speaking in our lives. Choose well who you mix with Iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? If there's someone negative around you, sometimes that can't be helped, but you shut it off. You keep focused on the word. You be that good. You get that good report, be that spy. 
they came back and came into the promised land. I'm just going to finish because I wrote this down earlier, but we sometimes have to just pull out of our spirit a fighting victory. Spirit. We have to pull that fight out. Sometimes it can, just life can knock us. But we can't go with that. We have to dig deep and pull out of there that fighting spirit, that word that is in us, we have to pull it out. We have to stand up, and we have to fight back. We can't let the world beat us down or situations. We can't let it be same hopelessness. We have to rise up. You know, the day that David went out and Goliath was there, David wasn't going out to fight Goliath that day. David was taking his lunch to his brothers. He was taking their pack lunch. And when he got out there and he went to his brothers and he asked how the war, that gent had been out there 40 days, every morning, every night. He was coming, mocking the Israelites. That's what Satan does with us. Every day, he doesn't let up. He comes and he mocks. It starts from the start. Did God say that? Remember in the garden? Did God say that? He never relents. I remember Carol bringing the word, you know, um, Satan... Jesus came once, but Satan keeps coming. Jesus came once, and he said it is finished. Satan will keep coming time and time again. So David went out there, and he had been in looking after um, the sheep and that, and he was just meditating on the Lord and praising and that. And those brothers were afraid. The Israelite army was afraid. This giant came out and wrote it down. It came out, this day I defy the, the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. They were so afraid. And then the Lord just strengthened David. And that's what he does. And David remembered the testimonies of the birds and the lions. And he says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the boar will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. The Lord that brought you through everything else will rescue you for whatever you're in this morning. Think of your testimonies in what he done and go for it. Stand up and declare the, war, the word against the, the enemy. And I'm going to go to it. You come against me with a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. Satan, you come against us this morning, but we have the name of Jesus. David didn't have the name of Jesus. Jesus came once, and he's given us all power and authority over the enemy. We haven't got a slingshot in our hand. We have a sword, the sword of the Spirit. And this morning we declare that we will rise up and we will bring that word into every situation. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going to pray this morning. If anybody wants prayer, I will stand with you. I will stand with you this morning for whatever you're believing for in your life. I will agree in prayer with you this morning for that thing to come to pass in your life.
So if everybody would just stand this morning. And that thing that maybe today is troubling you, Jesus would say, let not your heart be troubled. That mountain that you seem won't be moved, it's moved in Jesus' name. That that you've been believing for and it's maybe been taken a while, immediately, suddenly, faith is now. Faith is now today. So just reach into your heart right now in Jesus' name. I believe, I believe there's going to be some walls come down this morning. God's word brings deliverance, deliverance of all belief in Jesus' name. I declare over everyone this morning, right now in the name of Jesus, we come against you, evil spirit of all belief in Jesus' name, and we declare the word is alive and living and sharper than a two-edged sword this morning. We believe, Father God, that your word is yes and amen. Your promises are yes and amen in our life. We believe that no weapon formed against us this morning shall prosper. No weapon at all shall prosper in our lives. Whether that be sickness, disease, lack, poverty in Jesus' name, intimidation, we come against all fear this morning in Jesus' name. Fear is from the pit of hell. It is a spirit. Jesus did not give you the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind this morning. I declare sound minds in Jesus' name this morning. I declare release and victory. Lord, where there's just been beaten down on. I release joy, which is the strength of the Lord right now in Jesus' name, into the lives of the people here this morning. And I release expectation and of God's word that what he has promised he is able to perform in your lives this morning. Take that word of God. Take that promise of God. He is able. He is willing. He is the God that is good. He never withholds anything from his children. He is here this morning saying, Receive of me, receive of me, receive of me, receive of me. Take it, take it, take it, take it now. In Jesus' name, take it now. Receive by faith this morning. What is yours? What is blood-bought yours in Jesus' name? Take that healing in your body this morning. Take it in Jesus' name. Stand in the gap for that person that you're believing for this morning. Take it in Jesus' name. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that we are the children of God. And Lord God, you've given us all things pertaining unto life and godliness this morning. And no demon in hell is going to come and lie and steal from us. In Jesus' name, victory is ours in Christ Jesus. And we are joint heirs with you in Jesus' name. And you, we have authority over every enemy, every foe that would come against us in Jesus' name. So do not rejoice over me this morning, my enemy. Lo, I fall, I will arise. Lo, I sit in darkness, my Lord shines a light. And what is that light? The light of his word. The entrance of his word brings light this morning. So I declare that light of his word in Jesus' name. And we receive it. And Jesus, we just love you. And we thank you for the victory in you. And we thank you that it is finished. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. 
For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.